Hey, it's Mother Funny Time with Andy and Angie. Two cousins, eight kids, one grandkid, two states. And a whole lot of fun. Welcome back, Mother Funny Tribe. We're so glad you're joining us today. Today, we are going to talk something about something about that's silly to say it, but we're our topic is very close to my heart, and I think Angie's as well. And I, well, I'm going to speak for her and say it is. It's very close to her heart. There you go. <laughs> and I my would heart. say it's kind of part of the, it's kind of the foundation of when we were talking about Mother Funny, what we wanted the podcast to be like, and why we decided not to be a how-to podcast or tell people what to do is because of this topic, which is mom shaming. Tell us what mom shaming is. Dun, dun, dun. I think everybody knows or... Like, as soon as they say mom shaming, I feel like people are having, like, probably even physical responses, (laughs) like they know or have an experience. But what, Angie, what is mom shaming? Mom shaming is a term used to describe the guilt, embarrassment, or shame a mom might feel about her parenting decisions. It's often due to societal pressure, judgment from other moms, or internal expectations of perfection. So it's essentially judgy moms. (laughs) We will wrap that up. Angie's wrap that up into judgy moms, judging moms, judgy moms, judging moms. Ooh, I like that. Judgy moms. Yeah. I mean, I I don't like when moms are judgmental. I don't like that. But I like the term. (laughs) But I like what you just said. Not the judgment. (laughs) And one of the reasons... It also became kind of a, you know, part of the core of why we do what we do is I would say because Angie is one of the least judgy moms I've ever known. She does not judge moms. She's not a judgy judge. She's I appreciate very- you saying that. I think part of it is because I'm too busy. I'm too busy to really care about what anyone else is doing with their parenting. I'm really like more of the encouragement. Keep going, mom, as opposed to let me fully analyze what you're doing. I just I don't have time. But it right. You don't have time. And it's such an important like I, we say this every time, but we mean it. It's such an important topic. So mm-hmm. very important because take a mom <clears throat> shot. <laughs> Get out your coffee, ladies, or whatever. I'm not judging because I'm not judgmental. Um, It's so important because mom shaming can cause so many issues in our lives and in the lives of our kids. When we let mom shaming shaming in and we really like start to take in the negative thoughts and the fears, because, you know, as soon as you're pregnant, we've mentioned this before, you have fears, right? The moment you find out you're pregnant you're worried, you're anxious about, is the baby going to make it? Am I eating the right foods? Am I doing the right exercises? Whatever it is. So we're already anxious. And then we get judgment from other people. And then we're worried about our parenting. And when that happens, not only could it affect our mental health, but we can also put those expectations on our children. So then we're worried how our children are acting, not for their sake, but for our sake. We're like, oh, they're making, like, they're doing these things, and I'm going to get judged by their mom, so then we get upset with our kids, even though maybe they're acting like a typical, you know, four-year-old, but we know that so-and-so's child would never do what my child's doing, and so then we get all over them, and 
um, yeah, it can cause stress in the household. It can cause stress between um, family members. It can cause stress between your spouse, whatever. But we're here to help everybody feel heard and encouraged through about mom shaming. Just to clarify, we're not encouraging people to mom shame. <laughs> we're here to encourage you in the midst through of it. the mom shaming that's happening. If you're going through the mom shaming or you're struggling with it or people are shaming you, we're here to encourage you to, to shame just... them back better, <laughs> to be harsher and more judgmental. <laughs> So if yes, they're like that picking on your kid's it. appearance, you can pick on their um I don't know. Hair. I don't know. So. Their, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's how to get through it. It's how oh, to not be a shamer. Oh. What? Tell me. No, I was just agreeing. Oh. Yes. <laughs> not <laughs> Oh, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Oh, that's what we're doing. Okay. We're encouraging you as you work through handling it. Because it's probably going to happen. Right. In a positive way. If you're going to be around, like if you listen to our friendship episode, (laughs) you you know that friendships are important. If you're around other moms, you're going to be shamed. And also, even within your own families, you're probably going to be dealing with some mom shame. And that can happen between like your a mom shaming her daughter or a mother-in-law shaming the daughter-in-law or if there could be different cultures or different beliefs or different stereotypes and that can also lead to part of the shaming that can occur unfortunately. Yes. And we usually I know we usually start our podcast with um bad advice but our only bad advice would be to shame moms. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> but it's okay and to be done. judgy. Yes. Done. You're welcome. <laughs> so we thought we would start making lists of things and play the shame game of ways that we shame each other. Angie, or that other first. or that other moms shame moms. Not necessarily that we shame moms, but that shaming that has happened. Here's a list of stuff. <laughs> Angie, because, okay, so here's the hard part Angie's having is she does not shame moms. And so she's like, I am not taking this. I don't know what you're talking about. And she was even like, I don't even know if people shame me because I don't even care. I'm just so oblivious to it. That is one thing. I, I'm not, I don't notice as much of my surroundings. I'm not detail oriented. There could be a lot of things happening. I'm just unaware because I'm so hyper focused on my kids and what's happening. I mean, I will say, like, when I would go grocery shopping with the twins, this was about age, when the twins were age two to three and a half, every single time we went to the grocery store or to Target or to any type of a store, every time, Peyton would have a huge meltdown and she would cry. Without fail, she did this every single time. And all I would do was just think... Pretend you're a horse with like those blinders on. And so I would go and Tegan would <gasps> wow. sit in the front and Peyton would sit in the shopping cart, like the main shopping cart. And um, I would shop and Peyton would cry and she would cry and she would cry. And I just wouldn't even look up. I would just look at what I needed and focus on the twins and get what I needed and just put it in the cart. So I tried to like force myself to not even see what was happening or all the dirty looks or all the 
um, I don't know, comments that could have been made. I didn't even hear them because I was just so focused on like, just get in and get out as soon as possible because Peyton would just, the problem is she wanted all the things and I wouldn't don't buy we her this stuff. <laughs> no, she, yes, exactly. <laughs> we Tegan all want didn't all really things. care. Tegan would be so happy riding in the car. She was just excited to be out of the house and like she'd be waving and she'd just have fun and point stuff out and talk and the whole time she'd be talking and singing and Peyton would be crying and crying. I mean, and without a doubt it was, I mean, and I tried every single possible strategy before we'd go into the store, I would talk to them, discuss it, get, set the expectations during the store, after the store. I mean, I did everything you could possibly do. It did not matter. Peyton cried. She cried and she cried and she cried. Um, but once I really just, I think that really helped me not care or focus on other people because inevitably I just had to go shopping and I had to leave and I couldn't not go shopping like at that time we were a family of six we needed food we needed to get stuff like Peyton (laughs) just had to handle it that's true that really helped me so I had to do some research about what do moms shame other moms about and I know you did also so you ready to play the shame game yes yes I I can I feel like I have a lot more um I don't know what do you call it experience <laughs> mom shaming not me you know my kids are older so there's that and um I was a mom at 20 so I received a lot of mom shame because you know I was a kid raising a kid but um I also participated in mom shaming sadly I had to grow out of that. So, but that is also an effect of mom shaming. When you're made to feel like you're not doing a good job or you're constantly being critiqued on how you're parenting or what you're doing, you it makes you self-conscious, right? And you can take in those negative thoughts and then you can start projecting that on other people because then when you see other people messing up, you're like, "Okay, well, I'm better than them in your eyes." And you become a mom shamer. It happens. It happens. So I would say one of the things that moms from the get go, from the get go, sleep scheduling, whether sleep training, I should say, whether you allow your child to pick their sleep schedule or if you do a rigid schedule to get your kids to sleep. Okay, I'll take that sleep schedule and I'll add pacifiers. Yes. The age um, of your kid and if they have a pacifier or not. People have comments about pacifiers. (laughs) That is like a thing. A pacifier is a thing. Why do people care if your three-year-old has a pacifier? (laughs) I don't know, but Cole's going to be three with a pacifier. (laughs) I mean, I know. I think there's more pressure on us. I mean, if you don't want like an eight-year-old with a pacifier, that's more like you need a... Maybe you need to see someone, but not not to shame anyone if your eight-year-old has a pacifier. Like, that's your business. You do you. I don't well, know why that happened, but you do. I heard a um, the pediatric dentist <laughs> when I had Riley, and he said, up until age three, a child can have a pacifier, and then after that, their mouth really starts to form and kind of take shape. So he sure. always gave us that, like, a three-year-old mark. Okay. And then, because it's us, the pacifier fairy comes. When the kids are three, oh, we have a everything fairy. is magical in Angie's it household. It is all fun and magical. Okay, so past first, there's also bottle versus breastfeeding, formula oh. versus mommy milk. <laughs> 
don't know why I had to say that. I just did. <laughs> I like the mommy milk. What? Wait, no, I don't. Are you? <laughs> I like that you said mommy milk. Angie that likes the funny. mommy milk. <laughs> that we're not judging you. No shame. <laughs> that came out so wrong. What I meant to say was the term mommy milk was funny. I don't know why people care so much. I don't know why there's such a controversy. Between breastfeeding and formula feeding. Like people really, right. really struggle with that. And, and we can talk about that later. Kids. Like I seriously know of children who are adults now who were raised on like Kool-Aid because their parents couldn't afford. <laughs> I know it's true. <laughs> it's very sad. I'm not saying Kool-Aid? don't do that. Do you remember the Kool-Aid commercial? Where, like, yeah, where guy? he breaks through the wall. <laughs> I want to say, hey, 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 but that's not Albert. <laughs> but he like breaks through the wall. Yes. Yeah, so I know people, I mean, these are more traumatic, you know, experiences, but they live, you know, they made it through. So we know today that formula is made to be very healthy, very nutritious for your child. And there's all kinds of reasons why people don't either can't nurse or it just doesn't work for them. Um, it's not your child. Doesn't matter. <laughs> They're going to be OK. The child is going to be OK. They're going to make it. When I had the twins, I was struggling to produce enough milk for, you know, two babies. And I we had to introduce formula. That's a lot of mommy milk. That's a lot lot of mommy milk. (laughs) It is. It was. And I was having a hard time. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And like, you have to also introduce formula just, you know, to kind of supplement and make sure the babies are getting enough nutrition and nutrients. And I was just really struggling with that and with the guilt of it. And then my friend Stacy just said, none of us care. Nobody mm. cares if your twins are getting breast milk or formula. All we care about is that your twins are healthy. We want them healthy and we want them thriving. That's all like anyone who loves you, that's all they want for you. And it was finally that encouragement that kind of snapped me out of the, oh, no, I might have to introduce formula. Um, And they were fine. You know, and so it's okay. Some people have to do the combo. That's what we had to do for the twins just to kind of give them that extra nutrient boost. And guess what? They're seven and they're fine. Yeah. um, One of her seven-year-old twins has like a six pack. Like she's buff. (laughs) She actually does. (laughs) All the kids are very, all the kids are very healthy, (laughs) strong. Yeah. They, a couple of her young children, I would not, I would want to be with me if I was down a dark alley because they could handle the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yes. Okay. What about what we feed our kids, organic, (laughs) non-organic. Yeah. Well, and that could lead into snacks. Oh, yeah. Sugar. How much sugar? That could be an issue. What you're feeding your kids for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. What, you know, whatever happens, happens at home. (laughs) Happens out. (laughs) Which is funny because some of the, like, and I've heard this. More than once, but some of the mom flexing I've heard is on the food shaming is, oh, my child doesn't even know what McDonald's is. My child's never had McDonald's. And that kind of leads into competition because like, that's great if your family chooses not to eat McDonald's, like that's you, but we're not in competition. 
Like, that's great if your child doesn't know what a Twinkie is. But other moms do, and it's okay. Okay, speaking of competition, Pinterest. Pinterest shaming, Pinterest parties, the whole Pinterest thing, the Pinterest pictures. I mean, that can just lead you down a whole different alley when you're dealing with Pinterest and trying to make your life look like a Pinterest picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. That can cause competition, but that can lead to a lot of mom shame right there. For sure. Like I know just looking through Pinterest, I'm always not content. I could be totally content with everything I have and I'm doing. And then I look through Pinterest for inspiration, which is helpful. And then I just start feeling like, oh, definitely not enough. (laughs) I definitely (laughs) don't know how to decorate or dress. I blew my whole children's childhood because I didn't have Pinterest to make their childhood better. But yeah, Pinterest is hard. It could, it doesn't, Pinterest doesn't mean to be shaming, but it can be shaming or we can allow it to be shaming. But I want to go back to competition because I think it's helpful for people to understand. And because I've been in this situation, I don't know you, I feel like other people have to have been in this situation where you're talking to another parent about your child, maybe an accomplishment they did, right? Or something. And maybe, Angie, because you're so focused on your own business like you should be, you don't <laughs> notice if people, other people do it. But I've been in several conversations through my parenting journey where I'll be saying something my child did and then I start getting one-upped. Oh, your child did that? Oh, well, my child did this. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's cool. And then I'll keep talking and they're like, oh, and mine did this too. Oh, and it could be like sly or it could be blatant. And the next thing I know, I'm like, I I get sucked in and I'm competing with them. And then I sit back and I'm like, why? I didn't sign up for this race. Like I didn't turn in an entry form. I didn't pay the fee. I am not, (laughs) this is not my, like we're, we're not in competition. And I feel like I have to say that like to people in general, as like I get in these conversations with other moms Like just to put a base out there, like if I'm getting to know someone or I find us like talking a lot about things and I see that's happen, I just say, hey, we're not in a competition. Like I'm happy for you. You're happy for me. Your kid might be great at sports or whatever, or they might be super smart and my kid has their thing, but to not get caught in that. And I think especially with activities, because there could be a lot of shaming with your kids' activities, either whether what they're doing is good enough or if they're having too many activities. Well, my kids didn't have that many activities because we just enjoyed being together and we can't be together if we're playing sports all the time. Or the opposite, oh, your child didn't get picked on the A-team. Well, my child's been on the A-team. Oh, okay. You know, that kind of thing. Have you experienced that? I could see that happening or even it's like, oh, my kid's in this club and yours is in that club. Like there's even Mm. competition within the clubs or within the rec sports. And it's. Oh, you mean like like club sports? Yeah. Certain club sports versus other club Mm -hmm. sports or rec sports versus rec sports or just, you know, which club is better than the other one. And it just become a thing. And it's like, I thought we just wanted our kids to pursue their passion and encourage them regardless. Do you think club sports were born off of mom shame? Like feeling like our kids had to be better? Oh, that 
that's huge what you just said. We might have to think about that. <laughs> there, that could be a huge aha moment. Everybody's pulling their kids from from club sport. Look, we did club sports. <laughs> so, and it's very well, expensive. Peyton is starting... Peyton starting team gymnastics and I went to the coach and I just said hey I just want you to know like my daughter is so passionate about gymnastics so we're signing her up for this and we're going to encourage her and we're excited for her and we're going to come and support her but I'm not living vicariously through her I'm not pushing her to do this and I'm so busy I can't watch a practice like if you're okay with that then I'm okay with that but if there's different expectations like it's not happening That is amazing. See, you guys, Angie would not be like she would not be one of those moms. She is the kickback chill. And I know several moms like her. Good job. Well, I remember a couple years ago, maybe it was even more than that, when you were saying you just had freedom, like you had such freedom from worrying how people were parenting their kids. Do you remember yeah. that and how you just there it was there was this time in this moment when you were like it is not your job to worry about how other people are parenting their children. Yeah. Yeah, it's when you like what you were saying when you can just focus on your own kids and not worry about other people's kids. It is hard when other people's kids affect your kids. And like say, you know, there's a parenting issue or what, maybe not even an issue, but they choose to parent one way and it's really affecting your child. That's a tricky situation. You know what I'm saying? Or it's affecting your friendship or whatever. So I think there needs to be tools to help navigate through that with the heart of humility. I think humility is probably the opposite of mom shaming, a humble heart that does not think they know the right way to do everything and is willing to even be wrong in what they're doing and be okay with that and willing to learn. Yeah, that's great. That's a beautiful thing to say. I like what you just said. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) But back to our game. (laughs) What other things? Okay, I know um, going off on the organic thing, Like what kind of um, different things you put on your children? Do you use wipes? Like the wipes now are just like water. And I've heard some stories of people being shamed over the kind of sunscreen. Cancer causing sunscreen they choose to put on their child. Tell us more, Angie. Yes, that happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, I was oblivious to it at first. (laughs) I was thinking it was helpful. And I think that's a part of it is people are trying to be helpful. But then where's the line of like helpful versus shaming or you need to parent how I'm parenting. So this is back when I just had Riley and she was about two years old. And we were at the park with a friend and there was a group of us and we were, I was like, oh, it's hot outside. We live in San Diego. And so it's middle of the day. So I put sunscreen on Riley and the kids all played. It was a super fun play date. We were at the park. It was so awesome. And like, it was great. And we all left. I thought everything was fine until the <laughs> next day I got an email. That's how long ago this was. We did email instead of texting. It was email. She faxed you. <laughs> she it paid hand- you and then you like... And she paid you like with the code. code. The code <laughs> yes. was like for email. Check my email. I don't know. 
<laughs> yes, it was a handwritten note. <laughs> she put it in the folded, mail. Folded special. And in that um, email, when I opened it, um, she told me all about the issues with the sunscreen that I put on Riley, how it was cancer causing, how I should not do that, how it's going to affect her for the rest of her life. And then she gave me a list with pictures with pictures of the sunscreen <laughs> and the organic sunscreen that I need to put on Riley from now on. But when That's we were commitment. at the park, she never mentioned it. Or when we were at the park, she didn't say like, hey, try this sunscreen. Hey, maybe here's another option. Or hey, have you heard of this sunscreen? Like she was silent the whole time. It wasn't until I got her. I mean, it was very well thought out email with pictures of what I needed to do better. You know, and like it was harder to get pictures at that point. Like it's easier it to put pictures. Back then it was a commitment. It was like a big deal. And organic sunscreen wasn't as readily available as it is now. And so then I thought, oh my gosh, okay, I didn't know I'm causing cancer. I thought I was preventing cancer. <laughs> I didn't know I hated my child. Thank you for telling me I, I hated mean, my child. A lot of people use banana boat. I thought it was okay. <laughs> you monster. I know. Who knew? So I did. I went out and I, you know, took the picture with me with the information. I bought the organic sunscreen and I did. I bought it and it was like $15 at the time, you know, because organic sunscreen used to be a lot more even than it is now. Yeah. And uh, well, now there's inflation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I put it on Riley and she got sunburned. Oh. <gasps> So she got sunburned using the organic sunscreen. So after that, I was like, well, that doesn't work. That's not better. So I went back to the banana boat and just handled it. You know, that's skin cancer. <laughs> right. It's a lose-lose situation. or <laughs> banana boat cancer. <laughs> You're darned if you do. You're darned if you don't. Yeah, well, that, and so the sunscreen was surprising. Like, I do remember because I called you and I was like, this is so random. Like, what sunscreen do you use for your kids? Like, I didn't even know sunscreen was a controversy. You're talking 11 years ago. Like, what am I doing wrong? That Like, I put the wrong sunscreen on Riley. Like, I remember being really concerned about that. Well, and I think that, like, the thing is now that we have, like, that, like, social media and the computer. And, I mean, she used email, right? So I think one of the she big issues with mom shaming is moms are much more likely to shame another mom either online or through say email but face to face moms i don't think are always that confrontational so i know i've heard of other moms who've like tried to join like facebook groups rather you know make friends and communities and they've they can never like they haven't found one because wherever they're at they get it's so shamey like what are you feeding your child all these things we brought up they get you know constantly bombarded with and they're like I'm just trying to survive and they don't use them because it's easier to shame somebody you're not face to face with right like she didn't face to face talk to you about it she didn't have that close enough relationship with you to bring it up in a healthy way she was like obviously she's killing her child with banana boat and I need to stop her <clears throat> right. And the dangers, the dangers the of banana dangers. boat. And I would have to say, like, we also have to be careful, like, what that our information, even if we're choosing to be helpful, like, we're like, oh, my goodness, this woman thinks you're really hurting your child. Like, where's 
where is this coming from? Is this 100% accurate? I remember the first, one of the first times I was shamed as a mom, I was at Chuck E. Cheese. This is going to sound funny, but I was, I was praying with my friend at Chuck E. Cheese because I know, like I said, I was a young mom and uh, my friend didn't have any children yet. I was like 22, 23. And I'm like, hey, like she wanted to get together and pray. And I'm like, can we do it at Chuck E. Cheese? Because I could sit next to the ball pit. They, they used to have ball pits at Chuck E. Cheese. They don't really anymore, I don't think. But I can sit next to the ball pit. And Daisy, I know she's safe in there. And we can pray together next to the ball pit. So we're praying. And I, you know, we're, we don't pray very long. You know, just a, a little time of prayer together. Obviously, I have a child. And I open my eyes and I look at Daisy. And there's two women standing there upset. And they were like, we need to tell you that ball pits are so dangerous that people are hiding needles full of what was it? Heroin. There's heroin needles inside of these ball pits. And this children, I heard of this child recently who got stuck with a needle and they were like foaming at the mouth and they just had a bath and the mom's like, what's happening? And then like three hours later, they were dead. Like she tells me this horrible story. What? This is These awful. two moms, these two moms, they're like confronting me about my child in the ball pit. And I'm like, okay. Thanks. And I like take Daisy out and I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's heroin ball pits here, I guess. (laughs) Whatever. So I'm like, but I knew I'm like, this is totally something they heard. It's like an urban legend. Like it, it had all like the telltale signs of like, like, you know how people would say if you had um, pop rocks with soda, you'd explode. Like that's the kind of energy I was getting from this story, like something not real. So I go home. And back then they had like truthorfiction.com or something where you could tell like what was going around and the exact story they had shared had come up and totally debunked. Like they're like, okay, first of all, that's not how heroin works. Second of all, it wouldn't have killed them. Third of all, like it had all these things showing that like, yeah, this is not a true story. And here's all the reasons why. But these moms had heard a story and decided they were going to come after me and my child. Was it the best idea to sit next to a ball pit with my daughter praying? I don't know. (laughs) But come on. If you want to be helpful, then just keep an eye on her. Go in there and look for heroin needles. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of anything like that. I didn't even know that was something that could happen. That's so random. Because it was in 2000. So I think that was like, there was a lot of that stuff going around back like 2000, 2001, all that, you know, before we had really good access, before we had Wikipedia, before we could research things on our own to see if they were true or not, you'd hear this story or you get an email. Usually it was an email. You get an email about, say, sunscreen and you would be like, oh, my goodness. And then you would forward that on. And everybody all of a sudden is listening to all this, you know, usually fear based something. And you're believing it because you don't know how to check it. But at that time, there was a way to check it. And I was like, okay, that's bogus. But I mean, even today, we can still, you know, one doctor says one thing, one doctor says another thing. So it's hard to say for sure as non-medical professionals. Well, then there's WebMD. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which you're doomed no matter what. If you are Googling WebMD, it's over. 
for you. It is. I'm sorry. It's one of those things. Every side effect, anything that could possibly be wrong <laughs> is with one Google search on WebMD. This is what's wrong. I've heard from from like therapists. They're like, do not look up your, what do you call them? Your symptoms ever on the internet. Like, Just go to your doctor. Don't look up your symptoms. I'm like, fair. Like, I think if they're not like super scary. <laughs> you know, like if you have normal symptoms, don't look them up. You don't want to know. Oh, you have so, so much self-control because that's the first thing I do. I what know. is it? I, no, I, da, 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 da. <laughs> I must know what's going on. <laughs> I have a metal, <laughs> medical degree from WebMD. <laughs> you have <laughs> questions. I have answers. I'm one Google search away. <laughs> you have pimples. Probably cancer from banana boat. <laughs> probably. probably. So sorry. It's over for you. Well, okay, so that's that's all the time we have for today about this section of mom shaming. We have a lot more. We have a lot more to say. You're going to want to join us again. For sure. It's always fun. It's always (laughs) fun. We're taking a topic that it could be hard to discuss, hard to listen to, something that could be a downer. And you know what? We're shedding light on it and bringing a little joy. Little joy. And we're hoping you feel heard. So next episode, we're going to talk more about shaming and what it looks like. But we're also going to talk about helpful tools on how to deal with it and what we should do about it. So you're going to want to listen to part two. And then if you like this one or if somebody's shaming you, definitely share this with them. (laughs) We'll be the bad guys. (laughs) That would be awesome. Someone shames you and you're like, hey, have you heard of this podcast? Listen to the most recent episode. I don't know what episode is this time. Huh? I think it's Mother's Day or anxiety or something. (laughs) Oh, it's shaming? Weird. Huh. You should give it a listen. (laughs) I like it. Let us help you. How can we help you? Yes. Judgy moms, judging moms. All right. That's all we have time for today. We got to wrap it up, unfortunately. But just remember, you might think you're doing just okay, but we think you're doing really great. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We hope you have a great mother funny day. Please like and share our podcast. But please don't tell our moms. <coughs> now my asthma. I gave you the, the asthma. I'm you sorry. Gave me the, you gave me the asthma. Actually, I thought my it was not contagious. <laughs> it's been bothering me, but not not like you but like I, I have to take it before I run I well the next time before. oh you take it before you run yeah right now because also I'll be like oh it gets it, it just hurts a little bit the next time we record I'll be fine I'll be hopped up on roids and ready to go <laughs> oh that'll be a fun one okay ready I'll talk a little faster yeah this is my opinion I have so much to say I feel very strongly about this one <laughs> I sure do. Like, <laughs> talking about shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very, very extremely very over the top. Super important. important. You don't know how important it is, Andrea. <laughs> it's the most, the most important thing. Okay. And action. <laughs>